Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Mix Podcast, presented by the Local Fix Foundation. I am your host, Matt. Joining me tonight are fellow, or is, fellow board member, Jill, and uh, with us by Zoom, special guest for the evening, Connor Bracken of Connor Bracken and the Mother Leads Band. Welcome, my friend. Hey, how's it going? Thanks Good. so much for having me. Very excited to have you here. Um, as always, for listeners out there and people viewing on our live stream, we are once again at a shared universe. Our wonderful partner, the Local Fa- Local Fix Foundation. Um, you know, I say it every time we're here on every podcast that I do here. This is not the only one. This is the coolest place in the world to podcast. Um, and, you know, if you're looking to start a podcast or if you have a podcast and want a different place to do it, change of space, here's the place to come in. Today, I got my own set of new shared universe pins. I don't know where I'm going to put all four of them, but I will find a place maybe on my vest in my bag. But I'm, uh, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, of course, as always, let's just, you know, get right into it. We are drinking. <laughs> Ta-ta-ta! Twin Lights Brewing. Cheers. Special Rocktober Feast edition, which is part of the reason that we have Connor on the podcast today, because as everyone knows and has heard us talk oh. about before, our... I already um, drank mine. Oh, you already drank yours? <laughs> I already drank it already. I didn't want to wait. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it is delicious, and it goes down very easy. Um, so, Connor has appeared, or is appearing, I should say, on the back of the Twin Lights can in one way or another. Our little scan and jam codes, if you guys have seen us talk about it on our Instagram, when you scan it there, it puts you to the Spotify playlist. We have Connor and the Mother Leeds Band, as well as a bunch of other local artists. Um, Connor, what song did you guys put on the uh, playlist again? I forget. Um, we actually didn't do it. We were just, um, they were just like, we're putting Nightbird on here. Oh, we just chose it for you. <laughs> and I was just like, well, that's a great pick. And also, thank you. Yeah, man. So, I was very yeah. excited. The new album the, uh, is fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. This is the song that's on the playlist is, uh, a semi, um, title track. It's called Nightbird. The album's Nightbird Motel. And I don't know why I did that really, but it happened. I mean, Nightbird Motel sounds like the kind of place that I would want to go stay for a night. Like, <laughs> yeah, they definitely have uh, Rocktober feast on tap there, and all kinds <laughs> of. Uh, there's so much gimmicks I have with this that I could uh, I could lean into. So I'm happy that we call the album that. Uh, that's awesome, man. Never gets old. Now, I have a question for you, because as somebody that was very, this is just a personal question, as somebody that was thoroughly excited to attend the uh, record release party, which I think was back in May, I believe, at the House of Independence, or was supposed to be, was that, yeah. that, that was for Nightbird Motel, that was what that whole party was? I had my tickets and everything, yeah. I was ready. You said you were ready to attend, I was worried that you showed up. <laughs> I was like, well... You're in for a shock. Joke's um, on you. <laughs> yeah, that was for the album, and and we were it was going to come out then, and then we were going to hit the road a bit, and uh, didn't happen. I don't I don't think uh, I think you guys know the reason, <laughs> and um, we've been kind of we we put out a single because we were thought oh we don't know how long it's going to take so we're just going to drop one single off the record. Yeah, and then uh, things continued for a little bit, and um, <laughs> we kind of. We're like, okay, let's release one more single, and then we'll release the album in quarantine, which really wasn't the plan, but it actually turned out way better than I thought. Yeah. Because it's uh turns out people have nothing to do at home. So, <laughs> Dude, so for real, they're man. Listening, they're listening to the record. Starving for content right now, man. So it's like, it was a pleasure to see some new music drop. 
Yeah, no, it was, and it was so fun to drop kind of that way because also we were, we kind of did things that we never did before for a release because it would, our kind of thing is all about the live show in a sense. And, uh, we couldn't do that. It was, yep. we were literally limited, um, in the thing we excel best at. Yep. So it was an interesting challenge and I'm, I'm kind of happy we were able to meet the challenge and we didn't have to go home with our tails between our legs. For sure. And I think you guys crushed it. And I, and I saw you guys at, um, Oh God, uh, Porch Fest this past year. You got an opportunity to play that. Oh yeah. That yeah. was so much fun. And that was such a surprise. Um, we confirmed that the day before. <laughs> it's always um, when the best things happen. Yeah. yeah, right? Last minute. You know what? I should that I believe that and I should stop working so hard because I just think that I should just wait around for random things <laughs> to be offered. It's it was weird. We weren't gonna do it and then we're like, Well, they allow a full band. Is it gonna be safe? All that stuff. And yeah. uh, and Dave Vargo, bless his soul who puts that thing together uh, every year, was like, hey, you guys are going to play the same porch you did last year, play full band. You're the like the last band. I think we were the last band to play that day right before sunset. And it was uh, it was amazing. And there were so many people there, but they were all wearing masks and kind of able to space out. Yeah. So um, I, we're lucky. It could have It could have gone south. But it didn't. Everyone uh, remained calm and and behaved themselves, but also had a really good time. And uh, I'm happy that that was uh, one of the last gigs we were able to play. Actually, we also played another outdoor gig after that because that was so successful. But um, but that was the other week, and we've actually just decided let's end on the high note. Yeah, <laughs> let it let it get dark. Do some more stuff in the home and we're we're constantly getting ready for when we're allowed to come back in a sense of not knowing when that will be oh dude yeah and uh i'm really excited to come back because it's given us the time we've kind of always been last minute not because we're lazy but because we've kind <laughs> of maybe because we're a little lazy <laughs> but it was um kind of because we're always doing a million things and we're always on the road always making records um, kind of just supporting it ourselves and and always doing something. So whenever we had, whenever an idea would come along, we were in the midst of three to four other ideas. Yeah. So we're kind of, this kind of forced us to stop it at the beginning. I hated it because I had, we had plans. We canceled 74 dates. 74? Yeah, this was going to be our biggest wow. one here yet. Um and and that was just what we had booked in March. Yeah. Um, not, it wasn't all happening in March, but what we had booked till March, I was kind of hoping to kind of get into the hundreds. Yeah. And and at that point, you know, you're kind of getting on almost half the year on like playing a show, um, which is we're we're looking to get above that. You right. Know? I, mean, I would I would play 365 days a year, <laughs> but um, you know, if we could. Um, which is a goal, I guess. But anyway, we yeah. we had to cancel them all. But all those dates are kind of in limbo in a good sense. Whereas as soon as we get the go ahead, we're gonna we're gonna rebook those. Yeah, and that's awesome. Those. You sound a little bit like Gene Simmons talking about playing three hundred sixty five days a year. I've read a few different yeah. interviews with him where he's like, I, I would stay on tour 
for 365 days a year, all day, every day. He's like, I wouldn't even release new music. I would just stay on tour forever. He's like, I love performing. Well, I, I would like, have to make a record at some point. Yeah. <laughs> we need a reason to tour. Man, and but, I, it's uh, funny yeah. you talked about the with the music coming back. Like when the when it does like fully come back, I, I might die because I'm gonna go to a show Monday through set Sunday through Saturday every single day for like four weeks straight like not being able to see live music since March is like absolute torture for me and I am gonna be just I'm gonna take days off work and I'm just gonna go any place that's playing live music doesn't matter where it is I will be there <laughs> what's your favorite venue favorite venue yeah where do you like to see it oh. see the thing happen man so that's a good question so it depends on i would have to say it more depends on the band because it's like you know if i want to just see like a band like you guys you know or somebody else that's just up there rocking and killing it stone pony is one of my preferred places for that you know exactly it's like classic (laughs) but at the same time but at the same time it's like i love being i miss being packed wall to wall and banging my head while my feet are sticking to the floor from the beer and the saint you know like i miss that vibe too but if i'm going to go see like you know my boys play bluegrass or something like that wonder bar places like that are more my speed but at the end of the day i'll see live music anywhere Okay. What is your favorite place? What's your favorite place to play? My favorite place to play? I, as of late, it has been House of Independence because they've been very, they have been very good to us in giving us uh, some good shows. So I'll say that. But I also, you know, whenever we have a a show like booked at the Saint or something like that, it's been a while. Um, Anywhere, anywhere in Asbury Park, I do love. So pretty much any place that makes the show easy, um, just so we could play is you know do the whole show. That's what I love. So House of Independence has been great. The Saint, Stone Pony is always a legendary experience. Kind of you're kind of freaking out a little bit. Yep. You kind of you kind of forget you that you've done it before, and you kind of go up like oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about you, what, Jill? What kind of venues do you venue do you like to? I like be the at? Stone Pony. Okay. I mean, what's not to like? You can't, yeah, you, you can't, can't beat go, it. Yeah. yeah. This it's is just a so iconic. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, just like. That's my favorite local venue. And I love, I miss being able to just, on a Saturday night, just walk around Asbury Park and just pop your head into whatever, you know, places that you didn't need to have tickets to, you know, you go like mm-hmm. Yacht Club maybe or Langosta, just walking up and down the boards and just pop my head in. I'm gonna check out that band, I'm gonna check out that band, I'm gonna check out that band, I'm gonna be shit faced, I'm gonna check out that band. It's like bands I have found so many bands that yeah. way, just local acts just popping in drunk on a Saturday night. And I'm like, mm-hmm. these guys are awesome. <laughs> That's the best after party spot, Yacht Club. I would have to say. Actually that might That's be one fact. of my I you know, when we were starting out that was kinda like I loved playing there because it was free. Yeah. And also, when we first started, you didn't have to be 21 to get in. Now you have to be 21. But, (laughs) you know, and we were younger then, too. So, like, a lot of our crowd was younger. It's also, like, a really intimate space. And I think when you're in there and just, like, the vibe of it is, is, you know, unbeatable. Yeah. I, I I like Yacht Club in the dead of winter when they open the garage a little bit because you know you're if you're just you're packed in there with people and it's like you know just that stink of other people then you the crack stew. the yeah you just <laughs> do they crack that garage open in the middle of winter and it just it all makes it better it's just amazing it's a big stink, <laughs> it's a big it's a stink. stink. <laughs> oh that's awesome 
So, um, Connor, I want to know the because I I don't actually know. I want to know the story behind the band. Um, like, tell us about how you guys came together. What was the the impetus for it? And especially want to know how you finally settled on a name. I believe you took it from where the family of the Jersey Devil, if I know my New Jersey lore history correct. Oh my god! <laughs> that you know you know the tale. Um, <laughs> I would say that most people don't know that even from New Jersey. I've also been doing a lot of interviews over Zoom, like around, actually been lucky enough to go around the world and nobody knows what that is. And I have to tell them the story, which is a fun story to tell, but then it's half the interview and nobody knows about my band and they just know about. And you've gone so far off track that you're... Yeah, they're just like what other people go. New what Jersey the hell is going on in New Jersey? <laughs> you guys know that we. I'm not going to answer your question now. Um, do you guys know that we have our own Bigfoot? New Jersey does. Yeah, his name is Big Red Eye, and he's in the north in North Jersey. That I did like not know. Order. Wow, so he's a Benny, technically. He's a yeah, yeah. He's a Benny. <laughs> um, not really. He's from you know. He's like far up. He's like a northern piney. We don't have a name for them. <laughs> Um, they're just like kind of also in like not in Pennsylvania, I guess is the name. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's up there. Big red eye. Anyway, to answer your actual question, um, I could tell you, um, it's been a long time coming. Uh, I've been playing like my personal story. I've been playing, uh, well over 10 years at this point. I've been gigging for about 10 years way before I was supposed to be. <laughs> Uh, gigging. Dude, jump uh, right there in. Might have been, there might have been fake IDs involved. There might have been a couple of times. It's rock and roll, so yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, expect like, nothing I, less. We, like, where I really started out was uh, the Court Tavern in New Brunswick. Nice. And they would, uh, I was like 15 years old and and uh, playing there. Don't know how that happened. <laughs> but, uh, but I did, and they let us, and we brought a ton of people from our hometown and this was uh, another band and then i in right around then i realized i kind of wanted to sing and i kind of you know you have a high school band and high school bands you know like summer of 69 or, or uh, boys of summer i forget which one it is but when the band breaks up or one of them gets married or yep. whatever <laughs> and uh you're kind of left on your own and i started another band and it really turned into me um and we called ourselves just leads at that time to keep it short and sweet. But, mm -hmm. um, and I kind of continued that and I gigged and gigged and gigged for a long time, kind of finding new people. And we made our first record and then I started touring like kind of just DIY. And, uh, you know, it's a much longer story than that, but I'm kind of leading up to like the modern, like the version yeah, yeah. that you kind of know now is, um, we went on our first tour ever um of like actually going out and like seeing it and um we uh had a lot of like really nights we still talk about to this day a lot of like house parties um like animal house type situations we had to learn shout <laughs> of course um, of course <laughs> and you know we still know it so if anybody ever asks for it we'll we'll play shout shout but, is the best i don't care where you are yeah, when it, it comes get, on, it gets you going. Yeah, it gets you going. When it yeah. comes on, no matter what happens, it's every, every wedding you've ever been to yeah. plays that song too. And then you just anytime I'm, I'm the guy. I will do the full Animal House bit. I'll get down on the floor and just start doing this. You know, <laughs> like just like you did in the movie. <laughs> when they play it at Johnny, it's been years since you know when I was first started hanging out in Asbury. 
well long before I was should have been um, <laughs> at Johnny Max. They used to play that when they had, they used to play soul music like all night long. Oh yeah, which was cool. They don't really do it too much anymore, but um, they used to do that, and that helped me out a lot because you know people want to dance to that. So yep. you know what I mean. You get go out and meet people. I'll put it that way. But um, no, anyway, we <laughs> we had this first tour, and it was an amazing tour, and we needed to do one last show we wanted to come home and play a show in asbury and actually at the time we didn't no one knew us and no there was not a single uh club that would book me because they thought we were bringing nobody yeah um which was weird because we were bringing people but at the time it was just kind of like we couldn't book it and i was like we need to have a hometown show we need to have a hometown show we started a new brunswick party and we want to end it in asbury and uh I started hearing about this spot that was not too far from Asbury in a, uh, in Oceanport, mm-hmm. and it was a, a studio um, slash hippie comedy. You know what I mean? There was yeah. like all kinds of stuff going on, but they have they were having shows, and uh, I was asking a friend of a friend, you know, who books this place? What's this place? What's this place about? And they were like, "There's this guy Chris who runs it. He lives there. He books all the shows there." And I was like, "All right." I reach out to this guy Chris, and I say, "Hey, Chris, like, you know, we're, we we have this show. Like, do you mind if we play it?" He's just like, "Yeah, but you got to let my band play on it." And then his band at the time was Jeff Lynn and the Black Spot Society. Now our current lineup is Chris, Jeff, and the drummer, the drummer from that's been with me forever, Rich. Yeah, and we all met that night. And that day was the same day that we got our first time we ever got played on the radio. And it was also the day that Chuck Berry died. Oh, damn. And it was like a weird, it was a weird thing. And it wasn't like, you know, it was a, it was a weird thing because also they had me on this radio show at Sirius uh, XM and I was able to talk to them about Chuck Berry. And that night we played Johnny Be Good and it was a good night. It felt really good. And it was ever since that night, we kind of went on that first tour and I had no idea what we were going to do after that tour. And I came home that night and I met those guys. And they didn't join the band right away. They were just good friends for a long time. And I was just kind of fighting it out in the clubs for a while. But ever since then, we had our first radio airplay. And we just kind of kept building from that. So literally, I feel like the last time I came up for air was that night. That's awesome. And that was four years ago. That's so cool. <laughs> That's so cool, yeah. man. I love hearing stories like that, especially like especially hearing the the connection to Asbury Park, because like for me, just as a, a lifelong music lover and musician and playing and out of bands ever, one of the things that I always like even like before social media and stuff, one of the things that I always not so much hated but like kind of missed and always wanted to experience. Like I'm past my prime now with this, but like was the <laughs> idea of like being in a local music scene that was like based around original music like when i was in college and stuff i was in philly and there was like a cool music scene in philly but there was just so many cover bands and like nothing against cover bands like you know that's your thing like that's cool nothing wrong with that but like there was just no place there was no spot in philly like this is the original music spot like this is where you go you know and like for me asbury park you know, and I, you know, I've, I've been to Austin, I've been to Nashville, been to all the other music spots. Like, I'm sorry, there's just something about Asbury Park that sets it apart from the other local spots that you see around yeah. the, around the country. It's special, man. Like, there's no other place like it. And there's also like, 
I don't know. It's weird. You're like, you're right. There's like, there's so much talent here. And, and one of those things I always say is you don't realize it until you hit the road as a band. And, uh, there's towns we want to play and I can't find a band to play with. Yeah. Like I can't find a band that would want to play with us. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like, you know, we've hosted a lot of bands from other cities here too, but like, kind of like if, if you host us out there, we'll host you at, we'll right. host you here and bring a lot of people out and hopefully, you know, do that. But there's been a lot of towns that just don't have it. And there's like other towns that have a lot of bands. They don't have a single venue that will let them play. Also um, true. Like Pitt, Pittsburgh. I've never actually played in the city of Pittsburgh because there's no, there's like no small really? venues. They're that's surprising many. there's some that pop up there's a lot of house parties yeah um there's a lot of towns out right outside of pittsburgh that have venues but um in the city of pittsburgh which is a oddly a city that's actually blowing up right now mm-hmm. um and there's like so many young people there and everything like that there's like a, dude we could not get booked it was crazy. crazy. And there's we so even much had culture there. there. There's so many art museums. Yeah. And yeah. It's that's crazy to me. Yeah, we've there's had days off there. City. That's where we have our days off because it's a cool city. <laughs> and it's you know, you, there's always a party kind of there where you could kind of like, you know, kind of hang out. And it's affordable. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Beer for costs, sure. Beer's cheap there. So um it's weird, you know what I mean? And and you learn every city is different. Yeah. Every small town which is also places where we do really well um, is different, but there's no place like Asbury park. And there's literally, I don't, I've never been in a city where I know so much talent. Yeah, absolutely. One, and that's also the reason why, you know, I don't think we're, you know, amazing, but you know, like the reason why we're as good as we are is because there's other people in town that we need to be as good as. Yep. Yep. And if they weren't there, to kick my ass when I was 16, 17 years old, I would not be what, we would not be what we are today. And that's that's really important. And that's why, that's the Asbury connection. And I don't even know, like there's, you know, there's, uh, you know, more more than a few famous people from here. And there's something in the water where it's like, there's no, there's no foundation, but it's there. Yep. It's weird because I started coming here like I said, like 10 years ago, trying to, trying to play the pony, trying to do all these things. And, uh, even before it's kind of become a cool spot to go to when I couldn't get people to come to shows cause they were kind of afraid to come. Yeah. There was still a lot of people that I know today that are here that are musicians, creatives. They were there then. Right. And they knew something. It's like a, it's a, like, you know, it's like moth to flame. Um, they know that there's something here yeah. to to be part of. And, and that, it's a weird thing, and I'm real proud that, that we're part of it. And that's kind of like what you were saying before. I think that kind of ties back to your question about the venues. Because, like, for me, there have definitely been times where I've seen a band, and I've seen them in a venue, and I'm like, this band is awesome. 
but this venue sucks and it's it's yeah. t- like it sucks you out of it you know because it's like it, it there's something about like we were talking about the saint and the stone pony and places like that like you walk in and you're like oh okay like i don't want to eat food here but like this is where i want to come see music <laughs> like it has that vibe with that and asbury is just littered with places like that so like you said moth to a flame it's like it just it sucks people in because of the vibe and the architecture and just what's there it's made for music i love that you're saying asbury park is filled with places you wouldn't want to eat at (laughs) 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 um there it's true though you know what i mean like you know when you're at a show you like there's not there's not too many places there actually used to be way way back when there used to be like those clubs where you would sit down like kind of like uh copa cabana wannabes yep yep (laughs) um kind of way back in the day which I wish I could have been part of. But Asbury has had (laughs) multiple eras where artists and musicians have flocked to it and no era is connected at all. Absolutely. And, but it is, it's just connected by the fact that they knew to be there and they knew, and the town has an effect on them. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's a supernatural thing to that, that I just don't know how to explain, but there's literally, there's no connection, connection between like the old like i'm talking about 1916 yeah 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 and today whereas like you know there was there was times where like literally from philly to new york was like a day two-day trip and you had to get a show in between those places it was either atlantic city or asbury park and in that place atlantic city also has that funk to it it's a little different but um just by circumstance but it's asbury park has a weird ghost in it yeah there's no there's no music here that's like not based on live performance either that's Uh, maybe i could be wrong but in my in that in all genres as well including there's a lot of hip-hop here there's a lot of everything but the hip-hop artists are often playing with live musicians right just tell me where else that's happening yeah no nowhere yeah no that's one thing i i'm a firm believer of if you're gonna be if you're gonna put something down in the studio you better be able to recreate that live without just a playback track you know like it's all about the live experience the musicianship of it for me at least you know people can do whatever they want but for me i want to see a band i want to see a performance i don't want to see just one person singing to a backing track and there's like that happens in other places because it's allowed it's it's the norm mm-hmm. whereas if someone who's you know playing hip-hop comes to asbury park there's all these bands they're not going to run away they're going to do what asbury park does and they're going to kind of make their thing and i think it makes it better i've actually really enjoyed i was never a hip-hop guy but there's a lot of guys in town that do it and they do it with bands and i enjoy it yeah and it's uh that's where it is. that's kind of the weird connection there's there's nobody in town making music that isn't part of it right you know what i mean there's it sucks you in and it's amazing and i think it's i'm uh such a better musician for it and songwriter um if i just kind of stayed maybe in new brunswick even or or like in my hometown i don't think i would have been able to get to where i'm at or even where hopefully i'll i will be at some point 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's like you have those the the scene is so super important. People always talk about it's like, oh, the scene, the scene, the scene, but it really is important because you all feed yeah. off of that. You know, whether it's whether it's you know the Lower East Side in the sixties and seventies or like the Sunset Strip in the eighties, you know, like every era has got its sort of mecca for that and all the best shit is gonna come from that because everybody's feeding off of one another. Yeah, and it's also it's not about the scene get, gives and it doesn't really if it's a good scene it doesn't take yep um and i just really feel like coming here has given me a lot and also i'm not afraid to leave it yeah either i literally feel like i go to somewhere you know somewhere in ohio or somewhere in virginia or something like that just kind of a random place and i've learned lessons in asbury park that make me ready to hit the road and kind of and and meet and, and play different places and i am very confident when we go and play someplace that we're going to play music that people like because also there's that i think live music translates better to other humans oh yeah oh yeah you know yeah. and and that's all part of asbury and i've never i don't i don't feel trapped by it either you know what i mean i don't feel yeah. like i'm an asbury band i'm only ever going to be good in asbury or anything like that i'm 100 fine with leaving asbury um, because it's given me so much and it'll always be my musical home. Yep. That's but, awesome. Uh, but the whole point of this is hitting the road though. Too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was just going to ask you, I was just going to ask you, you talked about it. So I, uh, I mean, I've uh, obviously only ever seen you guys here locally. I didn't realize you, you toured and, and stuff as much as that. I mean, I obviously I figured that you did, but it, it sounds pretty, um, a lot more extensive than I thought. So like, what are your, some, what are your, some of the favorite places you've been to, um, over the years and like, what's some cool, cool happenings south, that you've seen the south is is cool um there's a lot of cool things happening down there it's kind of a different universe sometimes <laughs> you know what i mean yep. it's, it's it's you know what it's just well being there's like, like south the carolina north carolina like texas is a whole thing and then there's florida yeah, <laughs> right? like, yeah. florida is its own florida's got a lot going on yeah florida, <laughs> florida's um but there's always it's weird because every place you go to you find people of the of understanding in the sense of live music especially at the level that we're at it's really people who are dedicated to live music to new bands um and the more you kind of go out the more the more you kind of build an audience the more people come out but um one of our favorite places ever was on that first tour was um college park maryland Oh was, yeah. Was a we there was it was spring break and we were playing a house show. And this we don't really play house shows too much anymore. I already love where the story is going. <laughs> spring break at a house oh, show. Fine. This is awesome. And we were the only party in town. <laughs> and we show up and it's like some guy was just like doing dishes. He was like, Yeah, set up like wherever. And I was like, This is this is busted. <laughs> <laughs> and we left. We went to go uh, we couldn't even like afford to eat that night, so like we had like a coupon for Burger King, and we were like cutting up whoppers in half. <laughs> and we get back, and there had to be at least three hundred people there, and they all wow. paid. They all paid like five dollars, and and we played for like an hour, and it was like a. It was kind of one of the sets where we've kind of, at that point, I had started to learn about dynamics with a live crowd and that's where it paid off and we didn't have that experience in asbury park we wouldn't have been ready yeah 
Um, and they were ready because in that town, there really wasn't too many live bands. Yeah. And they hadn't been to a show where there was a live band. That was like a buzz. Whereas if you think right now, like live bands, there's too many of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but they were there and like, they were like, you know, I know about Asbury Park, but like, you know, my dad likes Bruce Springsteen. You know what I mean? Like, they don't <laughs> like it, but they're like, I've seen the record. Yeah, um, of course. And you come in and, and you're able to kind of mop the floor with them because they've never seen live music. And if you're bringing it at a quality level, you could kind of really have fun with it and really get them engaged. And like, we walked out with the budget for the tour. <laughs> and it was such a it was such like a I was like looking around like when's the cops showing up to tell me I broke the law or something <laughs> like that but um and then like other nights like we we did two nights in Nashville and that's another thing where that was music industry town yeah so and you kind of had we had a, a great night that night as well playing for you know guys that were kind of connected or whatever you know what I mean yep and kind of finding out about that town and staying there for for three nights was a uh, experience because we've kind of you know kind of learning about it but it was uh every night is different and you could be either the lowest of the low or the highest of the high and you got to be ready for the <laughs> up and down of it and then like the night after that we played at a biker bar in south carolina and the thing about biker bars is that if if you're they go by membership right and the membership is if they don't know you you it's five dollars at the door <laughs> but because of that you they could stay open as late as they want and serve liquor all night long and as smoke long as inside. you don't play shout <laughs> yeah and it was um we played like i think three and a half four hours that night it was it that's was awesome how many sets? Yeah. yeah, we just kept going. Just go. Oh wow! Yeah, we never stop. Yeah, I don't like. We've actually done a couple nights on the road where they want multiple sets, and I'm like, okay, two sets, and they're like 15 minute break. And I'm just like, that's just two, like 15. Yeah, 15 minute songs. break. Yeah. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm sorry if you can't say fuck. Um, oh no, you, we, we can do it. We can do it every one on this podcast. Oh really? It's like just okay. keep. Yeah. It's like just keep giving me the beer and the music will keep on going. Like that's all that really matters. Yeah, it was fun. You know, you do. We have we've learned how to extend song. Like that's the thing. Like learning how to control, not control, but lead a band. Yeah, there's a lot of kind of primal eye contact. Yeah, no, I, I completely happens. agree. I completely agree, man. There's there's nothing worse than going to see a band and they just like feel disengaged, you know, like because they're either, oh, I don't yeah. know, maybe too focused on the music or like they're not engaged enough with the audience. Like who knows what the real reason is behind it, but I've definitely seen bands where I'm like, you know, and, and like big bands, like bands that I enjoy like listening to see and I got really excited to see them live. And I was just kind of, let down by the overall performance which was um it's strange to say but like some bands they just don't go through the motions yeah they just kind of go through the motions they're just play there the yeah exactly they play the hits they kind of move on and then you're like well, well you know that's not really what i paid for but then you know then you go see a band like yeah. kiss and they're you know they blow up half the fucking stage and it's like you know they're like, okay this goal. is what i paid for <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, you kind of want to. Every night's different. I've never played the same set twice. Which is awesome. That is so yeah. cool. Yeah, like even it might even be I've played the same order of songs. Right. We'll change it up halfway through or you know, there's there's like some songs where we've done live intros for like if it's a night like that where they want 4 hours of music. Right. Um you could do the long intro, you know, and you know, and you could let it go along as long as possible because if you're engaging with people, they're on the journey with you kind of. Yeah. Whereas if you're kind of like in your own world and you got a guy like your eyes closed and you're not really looking at your other band members, even it could get, it could get boring real quick. Oh my God. Because totally. There's only, there's only a certain amount of you on stage and there's <laughs> only a certain amount of chords. How are you going to keep it engaged? And that's really what live music is. I'm not re, re, like recreating a record. I'm engaging with you and we are coming together. Absolutely. And that night is only existing in that moment. And that's, I really buy into that um, because I've experienced it and that I've always wanted that to happen. And uh, you, I've kind of found that now, like, whereas, and I also think a lot of people want that they're searching for that. Um, you don't want a cookie cutter show. Um you want something that's happening to you and you're part of it. Yeah. So that's what we kind of try to do. And like, literally there's no way to rehearse that it's, we know the songs backwards forwards as best as we possibly can. And then we throw that completely out the door as soon as we start playing. That's the best way to do it. Man. <laughs> yeah. That's the Which best way like, to do it. Well, that was a fucking waste of time. All that yeah. Dude, every, so, every, every yeah. other, every band I've ever been in, we always say it's like, you know, if you have 90% of the time you fuck up on stage, nobody knows you're fucking up because yeah. you, you just, you play through it. You keep on going, you just work it into the set. And then before you know it, you're completely off the rails from whatever you had planned, but it's working somehow because you're just, you're there with the audience and the audience yeah. is with you for the ride and then like everything is great yeah and like you could just you could feel the room as a whole mm -hmm. if you're doing it the right way everybody's this sounds like such a fucking hippie trip but like <laughs> everyone's consciousness kind of comes together oh yeah it's next level yeah that's and beautiful. yeah and it's weird and you know it's too much power it's too dangerous <laughs> but you kind of know like there's been times where i said now nah, let's not do that song let's do this song because this song is going to take this crowd in particular oh my god yeah level. yeah and there's some nights where we'll have a set list because also if there's one night especially like in a town we know um you know asbury park or maybe new york or philly All right um towns that we know well we know we we make a kind of a strict set list um and i'll still deviate from it but in like a, even if it's like a town that we know or it, it depends but some nights i won't have a set list at all yeah and i'll say the usual for now right we kind of have our usual opener within the first one or two songs you know what kind of crowd it is yeah um nikki yeah. six said something like some very similar to that in uh in one of his books i remember him writing about it he's like he's like i hate having a set list he said i just want to have your opener and your closer and everything else in between, just fucking call it out as you go. Just everybody know the songs. Just call it out as you go. You work yeah. off the crowd, whatever their vibe is. Have a set opener, a set closer, but everything else is a free-for-all. 
And that's no, when the when crowd the like works off, off of like is so excited yeah. to be there. Yeah. And that's I think when you have the best experience. Have you ever seen these guys play? I have not. Uh, and I can't wait till what the fuck? go to live shows. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm looking forward to going to live shows again, like you were saying, Matt. Oh, my God. I can't so wait. I have to ask you, Connor, what, um, you know, you said you had all those shows that canceled. I know you did some outdoor things. Now, kind of being in this place where, you know, you have the opportunity to hit the pause button. What have you been working on? Have you been working on new music? music? Um, yeah. What's What's been that's, going on? That's a good question. A lot. A lot. <laughs> I was actually, there's been a, we've a few months back we've kind of switched gears and we're kind of putting all our energy into some certain other things so we did a um kind of a faux um record release show and uh i don't know if you guys saw it but we filmed it at the asbury park brewery yep and uh, our friends uh recorded it and filmed it they they go by lampshade sessions I actually didn't even know they went by then until we did it the night of i was just <laughs> like it's connor and chris we're gonna do it um and we had an amazing night and uh it came out way better than i thought actually so um we've actually gotten that back um and we've kind of cleaned up the audio a lot and that's actually going to be coming out as a live record sweet um, so uh it's actually we have it announced i might fuck it i'll announce it now in uh <laughs> next friday uh friday the 13th the first single drops um, two weeks after that, we have another single. Two weeks after that, another single. A special thing on Christmas, that and then the whole thing drops awesome. New Year's Day, twenty twenty one. That is awesome. awesome. But you guys heard it here first. That's I'm very yeah, excited there for you that. Go. That's awesome. Special. Yeah, and there should be. There's it. a little surprise. There's a couple surprises on it. So there's a couple things that we didn't include in that take that we put out on the day the record came out. So that will be. That's very cool. Special for that. Yeah, that's very <laughs> cool. I love it. On Friday the 13th. Right? Excited. Yeah, my lucky day. <laughs> the whole year's been unlucky, so maybe that day, like, good things will happen. That's when it I all turns it around. Yeah, it's coming your way. <laughs> this is my big day. It's all going to pay off. <laughs> <laughs> so, Connor, I, I, I'm curious. I want to know um, sort of as, as, mu- as much as you as you can provide. I know some, I know for a lot of people on the creative side of the spectrum, this is a very varying degree of things. But as far as like the songwriting process is concerned, mm-hmm. how do you go about that? Is it like a you know, I know I know some people that it's just like you know, when the inspiration strikes, the inspiration strikes. Other people, it's no, I've got to sit down and dedicate time. And like, this is my songwriting time. You know, how, what, like, what's your approach to it? What do you think works the best or what's been the most successful for you? I don't know, man. I don't know how to write a song. I don't know. I don't know how to do it, but it happens. Right. Um, you got to open yourself up to the, the, you know, the whatever's out there um, sometimes. And uh, there's certain things like I've never written a song I've planned on writing. Right. And if I did plan on writing it, it's terrible. It's <laughs> the way it works, and, right? <laughs> yeah. And I have been, I've written a lot of songs. Um, for this record, Nightbird Motel, um, I had been writing literally since the day after the first record was recorded. And the first record, we kind of had 10 songs and we recorded those 10. And that was good. But then I was like, I need to write and write and write. And I kind of was like, you know, I would not go out. I would not see friends. I would, I would just kind of, make myself available 
and before I knew it, I didn't realize the songs were piling up, but like we had 50 songs Wow, ready to go. And I had like 50 and that, that, at that point, I was, it was like a, it was like a couple months after the first record came out and we went through a couple like lineup changes. We're trying to figure it out. And, uh, I was like, all right, we need to go back in the studio because I have too many songs. And like, even on the way, the ba- I was waiting on the band. Usually the band's waiting on me, but I was waiting on the band to show up at the, at our kind of HQ area where we rehearse. And, uh, at that time I was just waiting for them and a song came to me. And that was, the, that's the first song on the record. Actually that song in the five minutes, like I wrote, wrote 50 songs, but I had to wait five minutes and yeah. another song came out it was the top priority song. And that's the song that opens up the album actually. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, I have like all these songs and kind of like I write and I write and I write a certain type of song and then kind of like, it's either like it's, I never take lyrics, but almost like I work on an idea through multiple songs and then I get to the, the, the song yeah. of that idea. Yeah. Um, and I don't do that on purpose. And I also have songs that mean a lot to me, but I really don't know what they mean to me until after they're done. Right. I don't really think about it. Like I, you know, there's somebody that I know that I dislike and I want to write a song about them. I've never done that, but I've, I've written songs even to the point where months later after recording them, I'll listen to them I'm like, this is about this person. This is about this situation. This is about this. And that's why I also sometimes can't keep uh, song meanings kind of vague yeah. for people because they're vague to me <laughs> too. <laughs> they're not actually, they're not nonsense, but they're kind of raw thought. Right. In emotion. And uh, that's how they kind of come through. Um, I sound like a total basket case. <laughs> no, I mean, but, listen, if you didn't sound like uh, that, I would be concerned because then I'd be worried about yeah. the quality of songs you were writing. You can't you can't be completely right in the head to write good My songs. Shit's as far. Up, exactly. <laughs> right. Like up. that's what I mean, it's your so, process. Yeah. And I think like the like raw emotion and passion you put into it, obviously, is why your fans respond the way they do. Thank you. Yeah, I hope so. Or they're just watching the downward spiral (laughs) what new low will he hit (laughs) those are the best kind of questions to ask as far as bands they probably got the most merch so (laughs) good for them oh man I can relate I love it um, so, uh, last question I want to ask you, and I, I've, I've asked you a ton of questions. Um, I didn't intend for this to be so like interview, but you're telling amazing stories. So it's like, perfect. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know, uh, <laughs> what's your, um, I'm, I'm sure you probably have multiple guitars, um, but what's like your go-to setup? Like what, what guitar are you using out of what amp, any pedals? I want to know about the, the rig. I can show you. Preferred. Yeah. I can sh- Let's do it. Hold on Let's one do time. it. Yeah. Now we're talking. Show and tell. Now we Cue are talking. <laughs> <laughs> I can edit the intermission music in as we go. <laughs> Is this your first podcast ever, Jillian? Yeah. Nice. Breaking the podcast cherry. Yeah. You're like the fifth podcast cherry I've broken. Really? Yes. Everybody that comes on the show has like never done a podcast. This is perfect. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I have too many. <laughs> you have like five a week. Yeah, I have like four right now. Yeah, it's amazing. Never get tired of it. All right. Oh, here we go. 
So this is my number one guitar. This is a Hagstrom Viking. Ooh, baby. And it's a Swedish guitar. And uh, there you go. There's the headstock. That's beautiful. Kind of everything. And this is a... Uh, this guitar has been on every record. I'm hitting a mandolin there. Um, <laughs> this guitar has been on every show with me. I've never played, not played a show with it, with this band. Yeah. Um, and it's my number one, no yep. matter what. Um, sometimes, like, if we have a long show, I'll take another guitar just for tonal reasons, just to mess around. But right. I, pl- I can play the whole show on this. Um, the whole album is on this for the most part. Um, I kind of messed around with with some of the rhythms. If I had, if I did an overdub, there's a new another rhythm, um, and I play an electric mandolin at one point, <laughs> which is over there. Yeah, so I can cool. actually show you that too. That's so cool. But, um, yeah, this is um, a lot of people don't know this, but this is the like type of guitar that Elvis played on the comeback special. Oh yeah, and it's just got this the way because I I actually I now have a pedal board, mm-hmm. but I never had. I didn't have money for pedals and I also kind of never was into pedals. I didn't like pedals until we started gigging a lot. And I turned, I realized there's a lot of bad sound guys out there. <laughs> no offense to sound guys. I'm sure you're great if you're a sound man. Yo, but th- you're just speaking the truth, man. That's, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta get, you, sometimes you need to do it yourself. Yeah. Pump yourself volume up yep. or something like that. But the way this thing works is I'm always, if I, if, you know, if I can, I'll plug right into the amp and I'll just like always have the volume on it at like seven. Yep. And then I'll, and I'll just ride. I just, I play like if, like it's 1965 in a weird way, but I do have a pedal board now. Um, that's, uh, hold on, let me throw this over here. <laughs> um, I kind of, I just picked this case up. I used to not put anything in a case and I would just, I would tour with a loose pedal board in the back of the truck, which is stupid. If you don't know what a pedal board is. Oh yes. Oh, Um, I know. (laughs) For listeners, I'm sure you know, but I actually now have this case. That's a, uh, uh, antique case. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, and this probably won't open them up. Right. Nope. It won't. (laughs) It wouldn't be an antique if it did it. Yeah. If it worked properly like that. That's beautiful. There we go. Yeah. So this is kind of a mess right now. Wasn't expecting to show anybody, but <laughs> we got our tuner um, into a uh, distortion that I never have used. Right. Um, a tube screamer. Yeah. Has the distortion down all the way, um, and then I have a clean boost a tremolo a subbing up to uh make it sound like a i'm flipping everybody off sorry um <laughs> sound like a 12 string guitar and then i have over here i have two delays and a reverb and i have that all in a uh in a state sale case so some guy died and i threw all my junk into it dude that's amazing um, I have um, the best treasures though. No, seriously. It's it's funny that you pulled out that case. I was just going to say my, uh, I have a limited edition DW Johnny Craviato snare signed inside. I've had it for like, like 30 years. I'm like 35. I've had it for like 
20 years. I got it when I was like 14. It was the first thing I ever purchased. Anyway, I my case for it, I got it at it like a garage sale, and it's like, I'm certain it was like an old shoe case, but it's got the big metal clips on the side and it fits my snare perfectly. It's all padded on the inside and it's just like, you know, I got stickers all over. It's just all banged up, but it reminds me exactly of that pedal board case you just you had right there. You made that shit Right, so dude. Might as well use it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, half those things I don't really use. They're there because I've kind of picked them up and thrown them on there. Um, but uh, mostly I need a tuner. Yeah. And even if I didn't have that, I just tuned to the rest of the band. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the rest of that stuff is kind of really just to be my own sound man if uh, there's not a good sound man. And then even when there's just a good sound man, it's handy to have. But I plug that all into a Marshall stack, and that's about it. You can't go wrong and, with the Marshall uh, stack. You can't go wrong. It's the loudest motherfucker <laughs> out there. And it's uh, – I play it really clean. Yeah. It sounds dirty, but for the as far as amps go, I play it really clean. But the volume that it's at, it's just kind of pushing the speakers to a point where you know a lot of sound guys kind of don't like that. Yeah, so but, well, um, fuck those guys. It man. sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I, I always say you can play, you can put you know any effect, ten thousand pedals on your guitar, but there's no substitution for the attitude that you play with. You can put in, you know, yeah. you watch some guys like you know, just even somebody as cliche as Stevie Ray Vaughan or like the guy, the guy from ZZ Top. I can't think of his name. He'll sit there. Billy Gibbons. Thank you. He'll just sit yeah. there on like one note Ben just but it just sounds fucking awesome and he's just bending one note and ripping on it and it sounds better than everybody else it's all about the attitude (laughs) it doesn't sound good with one note more notes is going to make it sound even worse (laughs) so yeah like that's I always play with that sometimes I'll show up to venues and they'll like look at me like what the the hell's your problem but (laughs) you know what Their, their crowd is happy that night um, it's never too loud because my drummer plays louder than anyone. Oh yeah. So I got to keep up with that. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got to keep up with Rich. So that's awesome, man. Well, Connor, listen, man, uh, we had a great time talking to you. Uh, you were you told some fantastic stories. It was really great. Um, getting this time to sit down and talk with you. Um, anything, you know, we, we talked a lot about what's going on right now, but anything you want to just, uh, you know, we already got this exclusive, exclusive release yeah. for the, uh, the live album, but anything else you want to talk about? Anything else coming down the pike you want to plug? Ooh, a lot of shit, man. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, we have this record out, if you haven't listened to it yet, Nightbird Motel. It's uh, a long time coming. And I wrote a lot of songs for it, and we had to whittle them down to 10. Yeah. Or kind of 9, nine kind of 10. But um, so check it out. Let us know. Follow us on the social media. I've been told to tell people that. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really like fuck around with that. Yeah. Uh, the Facebook. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. We're mostly on Instagram, I guess. I don't know. It's better than Facebook. Uh, it is, right? <laughs> yep, totally. Kind of. That's what I'm told. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and uh, check out that record and look out. Next week we have a live version of the song Liquor Store coming out. And uh and then uh, slowly but surely, you're going to hear uh, a whole live version of the new album out um, on New Year's Day. Um, but check in, and we're, there's going we're going to be dropping that every two weeks, and uh, we might be doing a couple other things inside of that. So look out for that. 
That's awesome. awesome. Very excited about it. Um, Jillian, you want to talk about what's happening tomorrow? Rocktober yeah, so Feast? Tomorrow, uh, if you're in the Neptune area, we are having a little pop-up at Delvedos. Grab some pizza, some Rocktober Feast beer. I think we have a band that's going to be playing. We do, yes. I don't know. I honestly forget the name. I feel like I should know this, but I sorry, I forget. Me too. Sorry. That's sorry, rough. Will. That's rough. I feel like I stole the thunder. Yeah, totally. Now, as so as we'll soon as the Del world Vettos goes back tomorrow. to normal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be at Del Vettos from one to five. Yep. And if you can't make it, just pick up a four pack of this Rocktober Feast beer. And uh, if you scan the label, you can check out some cool local bands. Including it's a fantastic beer. Yeah, it's very good. Dude, um, I've drank all of them, and I got <laughs> two packs. Same. I had to buy a new so. four-pack for tonight. I drank the rest of them from the other day. Um, so, And then last thing to remind everybody about, uh, we, uh, in in conjunction with the Rocktober Feast beer, is actual Rocktober Feast, um, which is still going on. We've got a few more weeks left on that. Um, food drop donation sites are all over Monmouth County right now. Um I'm not going to list them all for you, but if you go to our website or check out our Instagram or Facebook, you can get a clear list of where all those drop sites are. Um, there's, Like I said, there's still a few more weeks to go fill up those boxes. Some of them are, are already overflowing. Um, some of them need a little bit more love, so you know, go out there and, uh, and help us out. But non-perishables. That's right. Drop them off, and we'll be donating them all to Fulfill. That's right. On November 15th, so uh, follow us on Instagram, and you can check out the full list of drop-off spots there. Yeah, very exciting. So um, thanks, everybody, again for joining. Connor, thank, thank you, you Connor. very much. Everybody check out Connor and the Mother Leads Band. And uh, Jill, thank you. Thank you, Ming. Ming thank Ming. you, as always. And we'll see everybody next time.